Thank you for joining us for this episode of Journey Now, produced by Journey Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. For more information on Journey Church and our gatherings, visit journeytn.com. Welcome to another Journey Now podcast. And around the table today, we have uh, four of my friends. And uh, to my left is Susie Lynn. Did you just Lind. say all four of your friends? All, just, well, no, Randy's here too, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. Yes. To my left is Susie Lind. Hey, hey. To my right is Alyssa McNally. Hello. Hello. And then we have Mike Erie. Uh, hi. Hello. And Tim oh. Timmons. Hey, man. <laughs> and uh, we are uh, in the midst of having conversations around a little bit of what happened on Sunday, and it takes us down several different paths. And uh, this week, uh, one of my favorite parables was on display, um, and it was about wheat and weeds. And whenever Mike said weed on Sunday, it made me smile. Um, Don't know why, because Mm. it sounded funny coming from Mike. But with that being said, there were a couple of questions uh, that came up. I mean, look at you. Yeah. Yeah. You're green. That's what he means. There was a couple of questions that were prompted. Um, one of them is, is were, two of them were prompted from the parable itself. And then one also at the end of uh, the conversation that you had with us on Sunday, you prompted a question, what are we for? But before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about the context of that particular um, parable and the two questions that were posed. Why is it your favorite parable? Valid. Valid. Um, I, I think it. It's one of the that has been misunderstood a lot, and I also think I like it because Jesus explains it. Uh, mm, he, he goes, he does, yeah, and he explains it in great detail. Which some of them he doesn't explain at all, and you're kind of left to, hmm, I wonder. So this yeah. one doesn't leave a lot to the wondering, right, Mike? I agree. Okay, so the questions and a little context, please. Sure. Uh, we were looking at the parable of the wheat and weeds. Yes. I never said weed Thank you. individual. Oh. Thank you. Um, he did. False. Hmm. Anyway, uh, Jesus tells, is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Illinois, you're good. Illinois? Mm-hmm. Okay. Keep going. Um, <clears throat> anywhere, in, in, any other contributions you have <laughs> along those lines, Alyssa? Pop in when I feel led to. <laughs> Um, so, so Jesus tells a, a parable in the midst of several others, answering sort of or anticipating Jewish objections to his messiahship. Um, the kingdom is hidden. The kingdom is small. Uh, uh, he tells the parable of the soils, talking about why everyone's not receiving the kingdom. But in this instance, he's dealing with the question, of how can the kingdom be present in the midst of so much evil? And he looks at the world and refers to it as a field, talks about a farmer scattering good seed, and then an enemy coming at night and scattering bad seed. And the the image he's using is that the good and bad seed, they're indistinguishable just until you get right before harvest. And then you can tell the difference. And um, at that point, the the workers of the field go to the owner and say, hey, number one, we thought you planted wheat here. What? Why are all these weeds here? And um, and the owner replies, well, an enemy did this. And then the second 
question is, well, do you want us to go pull the weeds up? And Jesus, through the owner, says, no, 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 I want you to let them grow together. Uh, they There are harvesters that will take care of that. You are to let them grow together because um, the, the explicit answer is you may harm the wheat by pulling up the weeds, but the, I think, implied implication is that they're indistinguishable mm-hmm. um, and you're not in the best position to judge it. So those were the two big questions. Yeah, it's not your role. Correct. Right? Yes, yes. But instead, the image is that we would work then for the good of the field um, without... Um, separating the the wheat, weeds, the exercising the judgment, and if judgment is going to be exercised, um, I mean the New Testament's pretty clear that it's to be exercised within the church. Not, I mean Paul even says that. Um, Who am I to judge those outside the church? I judge those inside, and so it kind of is a posture that reorients our um, uh, a posture that sort of reorients us to how we engage the world. Are we sitting in judgment of the world or are we working for its good? And there is a place, of course, for discernment. And we'll talk about that this week. Um, how do we discern what part of the the world coming at us is to be received, redeemed, rejected? But um, our posture towards it is to be um, one of love and service and blessing, not one in just sort of shaking our fist in judgment. So, I, was, I just want to know Good. what the world was. So what, what's that mean? Well, in this context. Well, yeah. The, so the, the world, um, cosmos, is used three different ways in the New Testament. One way, it just means the created order. Um, God created the world. Mm-hmm. Um, another way, it means the inhabited earth, the humans on the earth, for God so loved the world. Right. And then another context, it means the system, systematized and ordered um, kind of uh, momentum of human sinfulness and flesh energized by the powers and principalities. So James will say, you, you must hate the things of the world. And so it's, it's, you have to pay attention to how it's kind yeah. of being used because our posture, when Jesus will talk about being in the world but not of it, um, he's, he's, he's talking about... Um, a posture that kind of appreciates all of those nuances, that mm-hmm. there are parts of the world that we receive, and the world doesn't mean non-Christian culture, right? There are parts of yeah, non-Christian culture yeah. that are that are great and true and good and beautiful. There are parts of Christian culture that should be rejected outright. So you, we can't, it invites us not to trust the labels yeah. when you mm-hmm. kind of understand the world in that way. So, so Jesus invites us into this posture that says, okay, there are parts of the world to be resisted, there are parts of the world to be embraced, but the inhabited, the human, the inhabited uh-huh. human, uh-huh. Uh, you know, amalgamation of all humanity, that is to be loved and to be served. And it's interesting in the parable that the enemy that Jesus is reference, Jesus references isn't, it's not the weeds mm. in the field, but it's the one who sowed them, mm. the the enemy mm-hmm. the principalities yes and and so that you know for a lot of us at least for me it it reorients us away from this sort of um look at how bad it's getting look at how awful it is it's always been bad good and evil have mm-hmm. always grown together in some ways culture is getting better and in some ways it is getting worse but there isn't this sort of pessimism that we're just it's just awful yeah or it's just rosy both yeah. are true yeah 
So with that, you, you there's this this implied understanding, and you've talked about this at, at different times, and I kind of would like this to be also part of our conversation on this table, is there's different wills at play in the world. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's oftentimes we just think God's will, um, but each individual has a will right. um, that they impose upon their lives, and they impose upon the people around them in many ways, or passively yeah um governments have wills and Mm -hmm. uh principalities have wills the devil has a will and god has a will Mm -hmm. and um and sometimes we want to account for what is happening in the world to god Mm -hmm. when it's really not it's really other wills at play in this cosmos in this yeah in this world yeah yeah it's fascinating jesus acknowledges the presence of an enemy Right, who is doing things in the world? Right. So that, that that the implication, of course, is that not everything that happens in the world is of God. Right, and therefore we have a broken, mm-hmm. difficult circumstance in which we live in. But I, w- I would say, just I was just with a group that was just giving everything to Satan, like everything, like they Mike you, Mike was late this morning in the traffic. It, they would say Satan's really against me getting here today. I mean, everything was yeah. like the food didn't get there on time, and it was like Satan's really at work here. Spiritual yeah. opposition. And so I'm just it, I'm I'm putting that out not as a like they're idiots. I'm just saying what's what's the line? Are, are there just a bunch of different wills, and that's not our job to kind of figure out whose is is it Tim's will that something happened, or is it well, there's Satan's a, will? I think it, this is what he's going to get into this next week is a little bit of the difference between discernment and judgment. Maybe not. Maybe oh, yes. he's not. Yes, I'm going. Okay. Yeah, oh, but oh, discerning, yes. that's where discernment comes yeah. into play. Um, it's clear that our enemy just isn't the devil. It's also um, human nature has its, has a, we have a sin nature. We also have the world is sometimes described as yeah. as the enemy. So there's a bunch of different things at play. And, I don't, and that's, I think, what makes things so complex. And then when we start talking about, okay, so what is our role? as Christians in the midst of that as wheat in the middle of when the weeds have been planted alongside us, what do we do? How do we live? What does that look like? And I think that's the question we have to kind of wrestle with. I was driving with a friend and we listened to the message this weekend in real time. And I was, I wished we could just kind of banter and talk to you. And, you know, I was going to try to text you during it, Mike, just to, distract you a little bit well but. yeah i would have you call next time okay, next time i'll just call. pick up <laughs> it'd be great but we were just having a, a conversation afterwards and he was talking about how certain people you know he was doing this you know he worked for a church and these different groups and he was just crazy in those years like he was doing all these things that just should have been in the christian culture was like no you should not be doing ministry anymore mm. but he was talking about how these leaders they just loved him through it, mm-hmm. and they didn't do the thing that would be like, "Well, no, you've sinned mm-hmm. <clears throat> or done this, you're out." Yeah. And the fact that they just—he was like, "There's no reason they should have mm-hmm. just walked with me in it and not kicked me out of certain things." But it just—it made so much sense. Going, oh gosh, who knew that he right. would be this great leader? That's really a beautiful yeah. force in this world. And I think of a lot of the students that I used to work with, and I'm like, you are a weed. I mean, you are a weed for right. sure. Like, you right. are the worst. And some of those are just these beautiful, beautiful people. And some of like the leaders are yeah. just 
want nothing to do with Jesus. I just it just is changing my view mm-hmm. even this week as I'm walking around. Yeah. So. Yeah. So often we render that judgment on the basis of just a snapshot of someone's life and not the yeah. totality. I've always gotten a vibe <clears throat> historically when reading that um, parable, and maybe it's it comes from even I I've been guilty of it too, where like it's read and it's like, oh yeah, I'm the wheat baby. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't, for sure. you know, I don't like think, there yeah. is a, there's a, there's an assumption and a pride that is applied to the text that, <clears throat> you know, and I don't know where, I, I, I don't want to impose any kind of, um, you know, theology of salvation onto the, yeah. onto the parable, yeah. but that's really what it like. That's how I have, it's been presented and felt to me. And that, again, like that could be me just making, like me, you know, in my nature, asking myself, am I okay? Am I cool? Am I good? Am I good to go? So I think it's really interesting because even among Christians, especially right now with how divided the church is, there are people who would say, oh, you're a weed. And that same person would look at the other person and say, oh, you're a weed and your church or your movement or yeah. your denomination or whatever. Like <clears throat> they would assign that category and then move forward from assigning those categories. And what the thing that I loved so much by the end of the um by the end of the conversation on Sunday and, and in thinking about it was like it's it's really not our job to determine what goes out, what gets pulled out and what's going to be burned eventually that, that the one thing that, um, that you said that was like, it, that it's there to grow for the good of the field. Mm. And, and that that's what we're to occupy ourselves with is the good of the field. And, and so often we look at that and think like about, the church being persecuted and Christianity going down the drain and all these things like, but really it's like God is for the world and that's why he gave his son to the world because he loved the world. And then he gave us as people who contain the spirit of his son to the world to manifest his love and grace and hospitality And that's what we should be occupying ourselves with. And yet there's always the temptation when that parable is read to think, how am I doing? (laughs) Where am I? Am I in? Am I good? When, uh, you know, I could very well be one or the other, depending on the day. And I mean, you even said we've been Mm -hmm. talking about this a bunch, just the I-ness of all this stuff. Yeah. It's such an I conversation. I am yeah. this, I'm the wheat, I am this versus the whole. Mm. Like seeing it from that point mm-hmm. of view. Mm-hmm. So was Jesus's intent to, well, I guess we don't know his intent, but um, we're theorizing that his intent is that we shouldn't judge. Is well, that right? Um the, the parables, yeah. Oh, you are the worst. <laughs> the um, parables are all about Israel, so we can't just mm-hmm. leap immediately to me yeah. from right. any of the parables. They're about they're about, to Israel, about Israel, and answering Israel questions. And so, in this instance, I think what Jesus is doing is is talking about 
and he's doing it the whole way through Matthew 13. He's framing the uniqueness of the kingdom over against Jewish expectation. Mm-hmm. So Jewish expectation, at least in some cases, was that Messiah, when, when Messiah enters the world, evil will be eradicated. Right. And yet here's Jesus welcoming sinners and, um, you know, not eradicating evil, but seemingly, you know, mm-hmm. uh, indulging it. And so I don't, I think it's an explanatory parable first and foremost, but there is, I think, an implied rebuke of the ones who want to pull the weeds out. So that's where I think, yeah, we can get to judge. And blaming the people who want to blame for yes, what's happened. to label, yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes. What's that mean? Sorry. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a gentle rebuke, as Mike said, to the people who want to pull out what's not good. And also with the first question, who did this? Right. You know, like we want to blame whoever it is that's making our field not right. look Got good yep. or function in the way we think it should function yeah. or grow the fruit that we think it should grow. Yeah. So he's using judge, I think, in the ultimate sense, right? Because at the end of the parable, he explains it in terms of the eschatological judgment at the end of the age. Right. So so yes, in the high, the highest level is we, we are not worthy. We do not know. Sometimes it's indistinguishable. And if we were to judge that way, we would actually hurt the good mm-hmm. in the world. Now, that doesn't mean there's not a place to discern. And that's this weekend is, oh, no, we, still, we sh- we're still exercising mm-hmm. our brains in terms of what to receive or what not to. But um, as far as us assigning the categories of that's wheat, good. weed, yeah. sheep, goat, yep. Whatever it is, uh, that is um, that is ultimately not our place at all in the kingdom. I think is a that... really great like form form formative piece, like like what you're saying is this this requires a lot of us in our evaluation, <laughs> you know, of things. And like like I think for me, like that when the temptation comes to either assign blame for who did this or mm. try to figure out what's weed and what's tares, you know, is is to to peel back a little bit and ask the question, why? Where is this coming from? Why do I need to know this? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. am I am I needing some sort of security here? Am I needing to be right about something? Am I feeling insecure about my faith or my expression of faith and how I'm living my life unto the Lord? You know, because I think some of those questions that we ask like today, when we when we look around our culture and and our cities and whatever, we're asking those questions, but I wonder so much about what's behind all that. Mm. What's the fear? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that's, and that goes back to your previous comment about um, making it, where am I, right? Where do I stand? Mm-hmm. And having to know that in order to operate yeah. faithfully in the world. Yeah, that is a, I think that's a super important insight. This is the ongoing struggle of the church itself over over at least the 30 years I've been a part of it. Who's in, who's not in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to ask that question. They want to count those numbers. They want there to be a clear dividing line. There have always been and there always will be. Um, I, I'll use the word counterfeits because I think uh, Hebrews uses that word to describe those that are in and among us, but we, they look like they look like us, they act like us, they they're a part, they're they're present in the church, but they're not 
they're yeah. not they just don't believe they don't yeah. really believe and it's 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 described in that passage where you talked about the sheep and the goats mm-hmm. where people go well wait a minute i i was a part of this and and jesus will say yeah but i never knew you there's a there's a um and and for those that were a part of it they are indistinguishable the, you don't know and you you're not supposed to for some reason or mm-hmm. you're not to make that judgment of of who's in and who's out because that's that's reserved for God. Mm-hmm. That really is reserved for God. We want it. Part of the struggle is we want it to be cleaner. Yeah. Now you know people who make profession of faith. This is probably some of what we're go- where we're going on Sunday. Is we hold them to an account. We hold them to oh you've professed Christ. So something comes with that when you profess yeah, Christ. Yeah, that was Paul's point, right? Right. We expect Christians to act like, like Christians. Like Christians, yeah. right. Um, and and so if you don't want to act, this is, you know, if you don't want to be a Christ follower, if you don't want to have that label, then then don't. Then distinguish yourself differently. That's the struggle, I think, at least in American church. Well, I think you see it all throughout Jesus's teachings, which I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this, Mike, is um, <laughs> what you see all throughout Jesus's teachings is he's like correcting um, either subtly or directly like to the religious and to the non-religious, but specifically to the religious, like you're focusing on the wrong things. Like that seems to be his repetitive narrative is like, why do you keep concerning yourselves with these things? It's, it's not what matters. And it's like you you picked the wrong things to care about is mm. kind of what I see a lot in the way that he talks to them. It's like, no, 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 stop that. that. You're picking things that don't matter. Why are you focusing on this? And this seems like another example of that, of like, this. why? Why are you choosing this? Why are you hanging your hat on this? Why are you so worried about who's in and who's out? Like, it, it's irrelevant. There are things that are more important. There are things that matter more than, you know, deciding who's in and who's out. Love your neighbor. Love, you know, the least of these. Take care of take care of the needy. Like, those are the things that you should be focusing your energy on. Like That's for the good of the field. That's for the that, good yeah. of the yeah. field. And so it, Jesus just is like, it, it's almost like he's, why are you wasting your time? Like, yeah, yeah. I have that. Like, yeah. this is... It's irrelevant to your day-to-day life, so just shut mm-hmm. up and and do the do the work of what actually matters. Stop concerning yourself with things that have nothing to do with you. The thing that has to do with you is to is to yeah. love well. It's to to love others in a very uh, intentional way, and and to elevate the least of these. And and if we're doing that, then who's a weed or a <laughs> right. wheat? It doesn't matter because if that's happening, you know, then the kingdom is elevated. And so I think Jesus is just pointing back to that. And I think it's so relevant to us today because we, I know it wasn't spoken to us today, but we can take a parallel of like we concern ourselves with all sorts of things like are you in or are you out? We also concern ourselves with other things, a part of the culture like money, fame, Mm -hmm. et cetera, that are, are not the ways of the kingdom. So... I think that's really insightful. Jesus, one of the things he came up against regularly were the, because there were so many competing um, 
and differing tribes within Judaism, yeah. there were boundary markers everywhere. So the Pharisees had boundary markers about fasting and hand washing mm-hmm. and taking the priestly code and applying it to Israel around meals. And uh, the Sadducees had different boundary markers. And so when Jesus gets into trouble around the Sabbath or around you know, not washing his hands or around um, who he's eating with, He's pushing against all those boundary markers, right? And and the boundary markers are fully designed to determine who's in and who's out, who's faithful, who's not. And so Jesus keeps saying um, over and over and over, the ones you are declaring to be outsiders are actually insiders, and the ones who mm-hmm. think they're insiders are actually outsiders. And this is just another example of the great reversal that um, Jesus embodied himself when he pronounces blessing on sort of the the meek and the poor in spirit and mm-hmm. so on. And so yes, that is that is the trap of the Pharisees mm-hmm. is to read the parable and say, yes, I am wheat. Um and 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 do exactly what Jesus, you know, is prohibiting uh, the workers of the field from doing, right? So I think that's super insightful. He was absolutely and then when he rebukes the Pharisees in Matthew 23, part of that rebuke is you're 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 tithing your spices and yet you don't focus on love and justice and mercy wow. and um and you've you're or, or you're straining at gnats and swallowing camels I mean, all of those yeah. really famous images are him confronting the religious leaders about precisely that mm-hmm. so it's fascinating susie back to your point when we read the parable and we instantly categorize ourselves mm-hmm. without even without even being aware of it yeah mm-hmm. say yeah, yeah okay. so quick so quick yeah and, and it's not even and paul has this great line in corinthians i think it's um first um where he says i don't even judge myself mm-hmm. um i wait i await god's judgment and that is such a fascinating posture you know what i mean so and that makes you what that's what makes you good for the field is you're not you're not even self-righteously judging yourself you're just sitting there saying nope i believe the messiah has come and i've i have faith in the messiah's movement and i've joined myself to that movement and the messiah will sort it out and yeah go like how can we how can we really love without that posture i mean that posture yeah it's manipulation otherwise exactly exactly yeah and that's so so much of how people outside the church receive our love is that we're loving even in missions trips as the ones who have the resources right. have the answer have the blessing uh, whereas Jesus paints a picture that 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 we the wealthy well-fed well-liked ones actually need the marginalized for our blessing um, it it actually is for our salvation that we engage in you know field work and it's just a fascinating kind of reversal of the postures that we even in, embody in the church. It's mm-hmm. good. So even in our our poverty, mm. we we still want to diminish the weeds if we can, right? To glorify the wheat. And, Ooh. And in that, there is this inherent sense of wanting desperately to pick out those things which distinguish the wheat from the yeah. weed. Yeah. And therein lies the the pride of life and the heart of of wanting to be right. And that's why I like this parable. 
there is a um, there's an exposure of the heart in it. Mm-hmm. And and Jesus is trying to say what Jesus is clearly saying is you don't know which is the wheat and which is the weeds, and and we should live that way. Gosh, it blows up contempt. Oh yeah, it just blows that up. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It should. Yeah, um, yeah. And it it blows up um, a lot of what has defined structures within the church, in terms of just how we've treated women, how we've treated uh, what we would call the marginalized or the sinner, yeah. um, how we've uh, chosen to go about loving the people around us. So I it, it's it's a it's a uh, a parable that it doesn't get a lot of exposure. You just, I mean, I've I've taught on it a couple times. I don't know how many times you've taught on it in your life, Mike. But how many times do you think? Two. Yeah, I've, I've taught on it fifteen, but that's fine. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But I haven't heard it a lot. Yeah, like, yeah but Tim and I've been around. It's yeah, the parable t- of weed. I know. Weed. Yeah, I'm from weed. California. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I thought you were from Colorado, yeah. but that's a different story. Um, but all that to say this is that I think this conversation is so important because it allows us to have, um, it moves us to empathy, it moves us to a place of non-judgment, it moves us to a place of seeing the world totally different, it allows us the, um, the margin in our lives to step into other people's lives and see them as they are rather than wanting them to be like ours. And so with that, um, let's let's at least um, move towards that. I, I I'm looking forward to this Sunday to hear uh, some of the differentiation between Don't judge, blow it, Mike. judgment no, and discernment, <laughs> yeah. and and that yeah. we might be able to Receive. we might be able to love people a little bit better. Well, thanks for joining us uh, this week on uh, Journey Now. Thanks for joining me, you guys. And I've taught on what you're teaching on this too. <laughs> yes, no pressure. Times, so that's fine. Uh, go, go and love well. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you would share a screenshot of this episode to your Instagram story and tag us at journey underscore TN. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app.